You're listening to a podcast from Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, whose mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. Amen. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate uh, appreciate you praying for us, and I appreciate all you guys gathering again for uh, this edition of uh, Red Sea Zoom Church. Um, as always, I've got you guys pulled up here on my TV in front of me, and so for those of you who would allow me to, I appreciate to be able to see you. Uh, it helps me when I deliver this message because I don't want to uh, talk to a camera. Right? Uh, I'd like to talk to my church family, and so it, it just is a lot. So thank you guys for allowing me to, to be a part of that and joining with us. So, you know, I've noticed that there are some churches uh, in Washington that are starting to meet today, which makes me super envious, uh, starting to do small gatherings there. Uh, churches even in Oregon that are outside of Multnomah County are beginning to gather again as they are entering into phase two. And yet the majority of us uh, here in Multnomah uh, are still in phase one. Uh, Portland is slowly easing its way into this thing. Uh, and so it's gonna be a little while longer. Uh, at least another month uh, before there's probably any type of even medium-sized group gatherings. Uh, just to let you guys know, we're shooting for an August 2nd kind of reopening date. Uh, that's that everything goes well, there's not a rise in case numbers, and that our city and our county allow it. Uh, so put that on your calendar. Uh, we may do some type of a soft opening in July uh, with just letting a limited number of people into the building if we're allowed to uh, and start kind of working our way up to it, even if we do that, we'll continue to offer an online version for all of you guys to, uh, to kind of choose to re-engage when you feel ready and, and when you feel safe. But just wanted to keep you guys up to date with kind of where we are. So today we get to kick off a new series. Uh, as you guys can see it on the screen there, it's called Living Songs, Ancient Prayers of God's People. And so uh, during the summertime, we always pick a book to teach through uh, and we typically kind of open it up to more teachers than just the elders. Uh, in this series, uh, it's gonna be uh, myself and Chris and, and Nate and Billy and Nathan Riley. So the five of us are gonna be rotating through uh, the, the Psalms gonna be teaching this summer. Um, and with all of our series that we've done this year, but something that I've just seen over and over again at Red Sea is that uh, God has chosen for us to teach through something at a particular time and his sovereignty knowing all the difficult things that we were gonna be facing. Um, and I believe that he's doing it once again in this series and I find it incredibly timely. Because in the last three months, we faced a health pandemic, we faced economic challenges, social isolation, political tension, uh, a growing awareness of systematic oppression and literal rioting in the streets. That's, that's a lot. And let's just take a moment and stop and say that's just a lot to handle at one time, no matter who you are or where you come from. Uh, this is just an incredibly difficult season. Uh, people are hurting. Uh, and when I hear from all sides, uh, I hear pain uh, and I hear genuine suffering. Uh, and I wanna validate that. I wanna validate that pain and validate that suffering because I believe that more than ever, we need a God who enters into our pain and into our suffering. And the Bible offers us a relationship with that God. It's a God who speaks to us and who listens to us and who gauges actively with us. 
Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've struggled at times over the last few months of knowing exactly how to properly respond to all that's going on. I haven't always exactly had the words to even articulate what I'm feeling and what I'm hearing. And I think this is why Psalms and the book of Psalms can be incredibly timely for where we are as God's people right now. See, these ancient Hebrew prayers are like trustworthy guides leading us not just into praise and worship, but into the dark of anger and fear and hate. The Psalms, they teach us how to respond to God in light of all the things that are going on in our lives. But not all Psalms are us speaking to God. Some of the Psalms are just God speaking to us. So scattered throughout this collection of songs and praise and worship that arise from the human heart, you have Psalms 1, like we want to look at today, and Psalms 19 and Psalms 119. It's this, this wisdom literature where God is now speaking to us. And I want us to remember that it's important that our words to God are framed amidst God's words to us. Hold that thought. <clears throat> See, the Psalms, they speak to us out of the mess of all that's going on in our lives. They talk about the pain and the struggle, but they also talk about God's purposes in the midst of all the pain and struggle. They point to a, a, a day when all of this internal mess that's in our lives, all these internal emotions, and all of this external uh, stuff that we face, all this external injustice, it'll finally be dealt with. And, it, and we can respond in a way that, that is honoring to God. Uh, you know, we see this all throughout the Psalms, where the poet, he'll spend the majority of his time complaining about all that's wrong in his life, all that's wrong in the world around him. And then the, the Psalm, the poet will come to this point where he'll stop and say, but I praise you. Or, but I will praise you more likely. And I think that's something really important to note about the Psalms. It's, it's not that praise is taking place right now because life is still quite messy, but it's just pointing to the day when there will be clarity, when there will be a, uh, just a, a clarity of what God is doing and where he's going. See, that's gonna be our goal in this series. Uh, so you may not be at a place where you can praise God because the mess is still too messy. Uh, I've been following a lot of your Facebook comments over the last couple of months. I've been talking to those of you uh, who would come over or who are in my home community. And I realized that the mess is still really messy. And we're just trying to navigate through how to properly respond to all that's going on. Let us lean into the Psalms during this season to give us the language to be able to do that, the language to be able to respond in our pain and our suffering and our mess and inside of our joy. So that's going to be our goal in this series. So the problem with Psalms is it's not always very accessible when you're reading it. You know, it was a lot of the Psalms were written by King David. He lived about 3,000 years ago in a time and a land that was vastly different from our own. So there's this strangeness to the book of Psalms. Well, to help us understand the meaning of the Psalms, 
What we're going to do is point you guys toward a resource called Everyday Psalms. Jamie's going to put it up here on the screen for us. This is a book that was written by a guy named Peter Santucci. And what Peter, Pete did is he has paraphrased the Psalms in just everyday language. Now, the, the book, it's called a, tra it's not a translation. It's just a collectoring a collection of rendering of the Psalms. So this is what Pete says about his own book. He says, it's a collection of renderings of the Psalms in a 21st century American English by a guy in Bend, Oregon. That doesn't mean they're sloppy or haphazard. What it means is they're done in a way that hopefully communicates both the idea and the feelings the Psalms intended when they first wrote these incredible, these uh, in incredible uh, verses. And he says, I apologize for the places where I have failed to do this well. So we want to get this resource out to you guys. You can pick it up on Amazon. The Kindle edition is about five bucks if you're, if you're okay with downloading books. If you'd like the book and you can't afford it, let me know and I will pay for a copy and have it sent to your house. But one of the cool things we've done so that we don't all have to purchase this book is with Pete's permission, we've taken his book and we've copied all of his paraphrases of the 12 passages of scripture and Psalms that we're gonna teach through this summer. And then we put them in a PDF booklet that you can download for free out of the Red Sea newsletter. And so uh, in just a little while, Casey's gonna be reading one of those Psalms and you guys are gonna hear Pete's paraphrase. And it may just be an incredibly helpful resource for you to help you understand the Psalms and what they're talking about. So I wanna encourage you either purchase the book or at least download the PDF and follow along over the next couple of months as we read these Psalms together. But we're not just going to be reading the Psalms. What we've done is we've given you guys kind of a, a format to walk through these Psalms. And it loosely follows kind of an ancient form of reading. Uh, it's called the Lectio Divina. It means divine reading. And it's just a style of, of the Christians have been reading for literally thousands of years where you just immerse yourselves in the scriptures. And the goal of it is not that the Bible is something to be studied, but it's living and it's active and it's meant to speak to you. You're meant to encounter God in the text. So that's what the point of the format that we're giving you guys. So the flow is basically you read the Psalm through uh, meditatively listening for words, listening for phrases, listening for ideas that stand out to you. Then you spend some time reflecting, just spending a few moments reflecting on the words, listening for what God may say to you. And then you respond to him through a simple act of prayer or worship. So during this series, there's not going to be any small group questions that we're going to provide you after the messages, because we are expecting you to hear from God. So we want you to read the text, we want you to meditate, we want you to interact with God's Word so that when we get together in small groups this summer, what we're talking about is how God is speaking to you. And the beautiful about, thing about the Psalms is there's a lot of interpretation, and it can mean different things to different people. It's like listening to a psalm. So we want to encourage you guys to, to spend time in the Psalms this summer because we need to meet God throughout this series. So what I'm going to do in this message this morning is I'm simply going to walk you guys through that process that I just explained with Psalm 1. So I would invite you guys to open up your Bible to Psalm chapter 1. 
Uh, and I'm going to have Casey here. She's going to read it through just the regular version, uh, the ESV version. Uh, and then she's going to read it through a second time in the paraphrase. And then we'll kind of unpack the scripture together. So uh, let's do this now. All right. Psalms 1, the ESV translation. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. But the wicked are not so. They are like shaft in the wind that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And I'm now reading the paraphrased version of, of, by Everyday Psalms. Want to live the sweet life? Here's how. Don't drive down wicked way. Don't visit the residence of Sinner Street. Don't buy a house on Mocker's Mile. Instead of mocking words, fill yourself with God's words. Make them your morning meal, your snack, your lunch, your supper, and your steady diet. You'll be a tree drinking straight from the river. You will bear sweet fruit for all to enjoy. You will be free from soul-withering diseases. A whole orchard will spring up from your seeds. The wicked life is a small life. It's a zero life blown away by the barest breeze. How could that kind of life add up to anything? The self-centered have no business with those who give themselves away in love. Yahweh walks with those who love him, but those who walk away from him end up in the ditch. So what we would have you guys do is after you read it, then you would just spend some time meditating on that passage of scripture and think, what is a, what's a word? What's a phrase? What's an idea that really popped out during that time? Well, for me, as I read that passage of scripture, the idea that stood out to me was proximity. Uh, think about where you hear proximity in that passage of scripture. Walking, standing, sitting in a place. The tree is planted by the water. It's about being in the congregation and on the way of righteousness. So what the psalmist is saying and what God is saying to us, if you want to be blessed, it's found in proximity to me. I like the way that Pete said it in his paraphrase. He says, fill yourself with God's word. Make them your morning meal, your snack, your lunch, your supper, your steady diet. Jesus when he's hanging out with his disciples, right before he's heading to the cross, he says the same thing in John 15. We'll put up here on the screen. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So I love how Jesus, I think, really picks up here on Psalm 1. 
And he says that you have to, you have to nourish your relationship with God so that you will actually have something to be able to give. See, Jesus, he's that well that never runs dry. He's the bread that always satisfies. We can feed from the vine that gives joyous, abundant life. And over the next three months, I want to feast on God this summer. And I desperately need that. I desperately need to be close to God. Because I believe the more intimately I come to know the God who created me and the God who loves me, and the more I receive his grace and mercy, the more that grace and mercy will flow out of me to whoever God calls me to interact with this summer. And in the midst of a time and a period when people need grace and mercy, we need to be able to give that. And if we're going to be able to give anything in the answer of the hope that lies within us, it'll come from feasting on God. It's really amazing what the psalmist says here. He says, if you want to come to know God, if you want to be planted by the water, then you got to be close to him. And when you are close to him, you know what will be produced in your life? Blessing. He says happiness. I mean, that's what blessing means in the Hebrews, to be happy. So there's this connection here. And I want us to think about our circumstances in the life and where we find ourselves in. If we're not experiencing blessing, if we're not experiencing happiness and joy, it's because I believe we're looking for it in all of the wrong places. I mean, that's what the text says. Blessing, happiness comes from God. And so we have to be attached to God so that no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what's going on in this culture, that flows out of God and through us. But the problem is we're just looking for life and security and peace in all of the wrong places. Every time I say that phrase, my, my southern roots kick in. And I think of the old, uh, the old Johnny Lee country song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. Anybody? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. No? No. Me and Chris can start an elder boy band later. Uh, but I think there's so much truth to that, to that song because we're looking for it in all these other places. And it's only found in the God who created us, the God that gives life. Everything else just takes life from us, but God gives life to us. See, as we move closer and closer to God, he begins to rub off on us. You know, I think about the way that I interact with my kids. The more my kids spend time with me, they rub, they, I rub off on them, right? My kids' best one-liners come from me, as do their best curse words, right? I mean, it, it, it all comes from me because we, we rub off on them. And our relationship with God works in the exact same way. So we have to be planted next to God. If we're ever going to find true and lasting happiness, if we're ever going to find this abundant life, it's going to be in connecting to the creator that made us. So then how do we get close to God? We do it simply through the Psalms and through other words of God. As we spend time in God's word, it nourishes our soul. It, it feeds us. It fills us. As I was thinking about that this week, I was really challenged when I start about how I, how I start off my day. You know, think about what's the first thing you turn to when you wake up. 
what's that first what's that first voice that you have to hear in order to start your day is it facebook is that is that the voice that ha that speaks first is it is it the news is that the voice that, that speaks first to us or is it god because i believe right now we desperately need to hear from god and i want to do it in his word in the, in the psalms we also go close to god through worship through setting aside times to 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 be out in the wilderness with god and worshiping god i, I don't have a whole lot of wilderness around my neighborhood here but one of my favorite things to do is i like to walk uh, uh, down past the water treatment plant to the, where the Columbia Slough is. And there's a nice long trail, it's a bike path that runs along the Columbia Slough. And uh, I've got a view of Mount Hood. I've got this little slough running beside me and there's rabbits and birds all over the place. And, and I, I love to put Gracie on a lease and, and take her out there. And what I do during that time is I, I put my, my headphones in, I turn on Amazon Prime and I just hit shuffle. And I just let God speak to me in worship. And I've had some amazing encounters with truth as, as God ministers to my heart during those seasons. We need to do that. We need to practice regularly going to God and worshiping, interacting with him. We also go close to God through deep, fervent, regular prayer. We should be listening to God at least as much as we're listening to the news right now. And I bet that's not true for the majority of us. So here's what I want to do. I'm just going to spend a few moments here. And I, I know this is a little challenging for those who have kids in the living room and are kind of running around. But I want you guys just to take a few minutes here. And we're just going to sit in silence. Or at least I am because my children aren't here. <laughs> uh, and uh, and we're what I want you guys to do is just reflect on your proximity to God. Okay. Where are you in relation to God, proximity-wise? Just spend a few moments thinking about that. Um, if you have a thought, kind of write it down, and then we're going to come back and address it. Just kind of listen to the still, quiet voice of God for a minute and think about proximity. Okay. 
Did God say anything to you guys? Did he talk about proximity? When I did this activity this week in Psalms 1, and that's basically what this message is, it's just, it's just asking God to speak to my own heart. One of the things that God said to me is that I wasn't abiding in Christ. And the reason that I know that I'm not abiding in Christ is because my heart does not break in the way that it should for the pain that I see all around me. And I think that one of the big truths that God spoke to me this week is I'm just jaded. I'm a cynic. I've become numb. You ever find yourself in that same place? You ever see the pain of the world around you and just become numb to it and just accept it as the way that it is? You know what should be being produced in a life that is in proximity to God and abiding in Christ? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I had to really ask myself the hard question is, do I see that fruit in my life? Because that's what comes out of being planted in God. And there's a lot of things, a lot of fruit that you're seeing in my life that is not coming from God. It's the fruit of the flesh. And I need my heart softened. So then the last thing we guys want, want you to do in this process, we just want you to think about what, what would it look like to express your heart to God? What would it look like to worship him in this moment? And it gives some examples, speaking out loud, raising your hands, bowing down, singing a song, writing a poem, or a note in your journal. My hope during the season, and our hope as elders, is that as we hear from God and he speaks to our heart, it's going to flow out in acts of worship, acts of creativity, acts of humility, acts of repentance. And so I would love for us during this season to share those responses with one another. And as God speaks to you during this season, and maybe he puts a song on your heart or he puts a poem in your, in your heart or he puts a work of art in your hands to be created, Let's show these. Let's express ourselves to God. The one thing that really came to me as I was walking through this and I was praying and I was asking God, God told me, you know what you need, Josh? You just need more of Jesus. And so that's what I've been asking for. I've been asking, I mean, Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I'll give it to you. And so what I'm asking for is I just need more Jesus because that's the only hope that I have for responding and for changing my heart is by receiving more of Jesus. I desperately need Jesus. You desperately need Jesus. White people desperately need Jesus. Black people desperately need Jesus. And so I've asked Billy and Tara to sing the song, Give Me Jesus, because it's the one that came to my heart during this season. In the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. When I'm alone, give me Jesus. When I die, give me Jesus. And can you imagine what could happen when we receive Jesus and the work that he does through us as ambassadors of his grace and reconciliation and justice and mercy? In just a moment, we get to have a, an, an actual symbolic taste of Jesus.
through receiving communion. It's a picture of the reality of proximity that we get to have with God because something was done for us. So what Paul says to the, to the church in Ephesus, he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. Man, that was good for me to hear this week because the truth and the good news of the scriptures is that I'm not far from God. Jesus has allowed me to be so close to my heavenly father. I'm just living like I'm far from God. I'm believing lies that happiness is found in something else aside from a relationship with Jesus. So I would just invite you guys now to just sit and to receive Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit wash over you as you receive communion. Remember your standing before our Heavenly Father. Remember the price that was paid. Remember your proximity. Let Him fill you so that you will have something to give. And let true blessing and true happiness come. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, we just want to thank you so much for leading us on this journey of getting to interact with you. Um, what... What religions out there can say they get to meet, meet you in your words, that your words are living and active? And so now, and over the next couple of months, Father, we're just going to feast. We're going to feast on your words. We're going to cry out in pain and anger and, and fear, and we're going to be reminded of your goodness and your grace and your justice. I just pray you would speak powerfully through the Psalms to this church community and would you speak powerfully to my heart, God? I'm just, I'm just I'm dry. I'm, I'm just run empty. I don't feel like I have anything else to give. And so I need you to, to come and need you to fill me. I want to I be filled by you because I believe that you want to do a powerful work through your people and through your kingdom in this place. So would you fill us, Father? We just submit ourselves to your word. We feast on it. As we receive communion now, Father, we just feast on the truth of who you are. And we thank you for that great work of redemption that you've done. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please visit us at www.redseachurch.org or contact us at info at redseachurch.org.